Faster than a speeding bullet. Able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's this WAP doesn't lie. The No Bullshit Podcast. Now, here is your host, Felix Andreoni. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I got my co-host, Ann, in the house. Happy Friday. Oh, and you know what today is, right? No. It's Friday. Kick it. Hit it. Woo! Oh, yeah. How you feel, brother? Feeling good. You feel good? You know what we're going to have today? You know what we're having tonight? What are we having? You want to know what we're having tonight? Hi, Seeker. Welcome to Life Studio. You're getting down. You know what we're having? Hello, Coop. Welcome. We're glad we're you're here tonight. Have a funky good time. We're gonna have a funky good time. We're gonna have a funky good time. We're gonna have a funky good time. Oh, yeah. We gotta take you high. All right, Coop. Coop said he's looking forward to the podcast. Yeah. Listen, guys, we have a special guest. Before I bring him on, I have a little introduction for him. But this guest, it's Major Tom from NASA. He's a NASA scientist. So if you guys got any questions, I remember, I forgot who it was. Somebody had a question about the moon. And when they saw all these moon pictures, they couldn't see the stars. Right. And they were wondering why. Yes. And good question. Here's my intro right. to the major. <laughs> Gotta give it a minute. Okay. I suppose we do. <laughs> Intro's a little slow hmm. today. Well, it's because it's coming from space. Yes. You know, there's a it's coming from a satellite Ooh. out in space. Perfect. Here it comes. Here it is. Ground control to Major Tom. Oh, right. Ground control to Major Tom. Hi, Eric. Take your protein Team pills and put your helmet on. Protein pills? Ground control to Major Tom. Countdown engines on. Are you sure this is about space? Check ignition. May God be with you. Are you sure this is about space? Yes, it is. This is the intro. This is ground control to Major Tom. Really made the grace. Sing along. Papers want to know whose shirts you wear. Everybody, it's time to leave the capsule if you dare. This is major time to ground control. I'm stepping through the door. That's enough of that shit. Are you sure that's a song about okay. space? Enough of that shit. Is it a song about space or about yes. drugs? What is it a song about? Space. Hello, Eric, and welcome, Shannon. As we're waiting for Major Tom to call in, he's in! Hi, Felix. How did you like that intro, Major? I'm always glad to give you an opportunity to be safe. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> Anne. How are you doing? Hello, Major Tom. Welcome. Thank you. So we had callers a couple of weeks ago, and you were busy. And one of the questions were about the moon. I forgot who called in. Maybe Eric will remember. I think it was might have been Seeker. It was Seeker. Let's see. Seeker, can you come up and ask the question? 
We're going to try and see if so, see, we're going to get Seeker up here. He'll ask Seeker. We got Major Tom from NASA. He's a NASA scientist. Ask away. Hey, how's it going? Hey, uh, how are you doing? Uh, pretty well. How are you, sir? Uh, same old, same old. Oh, yeah. Um, all right. The one thing, now I know, especially scientists, they probably, you know, do a face palm and roll their eyes when they hear, but what about the moon landing? But the uh, one thing that always kind of bugged me was uh, like when you're on Earth, mm -hmm. even with our atmosphere, cloud cover, mm -hmm. you know, all that stuff, you can, you can see, you can always see at least one or two stars. Sure. Uh, now, the footage from the moon landing, they don't have any cloud cover. They don't have, sure. it's clear, but no atmosphere it's to speak solid, yeah. it's solid black. There's right. no stars. And you would think it would be, you know, bright stars everywhere. Sure. And I always wondered, why don't you see any stars in the footage? So it's a good question because you're right. At face value, you look at it and you're like, okay, well, there's no atmosphere, right? There's, there's nothing on the moon that's producing any light. What the hell, right? So uh, there, there's two main components at play there. One, um, some of the, that everybody these days, or lots of people these days are familiar with, is light pollution, right? Uh, anybody who lives near a major urban center can look at the sky and can't see a ton of stars. Um, you can only see the brightest ones. Um, that happens on the moon in spades because of the reflective surface of the moon. There's a, there's a property in astronomy called albedo, uh, which is basically just a fancy word for how shiny something is. <laughs> uh, the moon being mostly just very, very bright gray dust is incredibly reflective, which is why it's so fantastically bright in the night sky. Um, if you've ever, you've ever looked at the moon through a telescope, uh, it, it really burns out your retinas. You need a minute to, you know, adjust your pupils to see it. So, um, taking a picture on the surface of the moon is kind of like, the best equivalent I could give to you is like taking a picture with like, uh, in the middle of like a football stadium, right? With the, with the giant um, lights shining down. Uh, you can't really see stars from inside like a, like a football stadium either because the sheer volume of light coming down at you either to a camera or to your, to the naked eye is so bright that by comparison, everything in the sky is basically filtered out, right? You, you, it's just dr being drowned out by the more intense light source. Uh, with that being the surface of the moon, that's happening everywhere on the bright side of the moon that you are. <laughs> so if you were on the, the dark side of the moon, uh, you would have a fantastic view, but we never actually sent missions there because that presents its own challenges. Oh, makes sense to, even to me as a neophyte. I should figure that out. Yeah. I want to say hi to Big Chief before we continue into Gayheart. Seeker, you have you had another question, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, one other thing that um, kind of, you know, made me go, huh? Um, mm -hmm. I forget the exact name of it, but the radiation belt that surrounds the Earth. Um, sure. Uh, the Van Allen radio. Yeah, Van Allen. There you go. Um, yeah. Now, some information I heard was that um, machines like uh, rovers and just you know manless rockets and stuff can go through there, of course. But sure. that for a human being to be able to go through there and survive, you would need so much protection that you wouldn't be able to get the rocket off the ground. Sure. Um, I've heard those theories as well. The the primary thing that is usually the Van Allen belt gets brought up whenever we talk about going to Mars, right? Um, for example, astronauts in the uh, International Space Station um, are technically at risk of increased doses of radiation. You know, they're they're still in space, they're outside of the atmosphere, but they're still within the Van Allen belt. We don't worry about it that much, right? We we've had people up there for a year, no major problems coming from radiation. The microgravity is really what screws you up. Um, once you get outside the Van Allen belt, it becomes more of a consideration, but the moon is astronomically speaking right in our backyard, right? The Apollo program, the Apollo missions took, I forget, two or three days to get there, spent maybe a day or two and then came back. Um, not super intense. Uh, it's one of those things where you could measure the radiation in bananas. If you ever heard anybody make that analogy where, you know, eating your average banana, you get a certain dosage of uh, potassium isotopes. Um, the, the issue is more for prolonged travel. If I wanted to send a manned mission to Mars, for example, 
I believe the quickest route to get there is six months. That's when you start running, running into a lot of those problems because you're basically just sitting out there in uh, interplanetary space. Uh, you're absolutely right. You do need to bring protection with you. Um, you could probably make the trip and survive, but when you get back, you might have to go on a radiation regimen. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of research that have to go into that. And it is a problem for manned space travel going forward. Um, it's just not quite that severe, right? You, you can survive it. It's just, it's, it's still a problem on the checklist. Okay. Yep. I see Shannon, you've joined. Do you have a question for Major Tom? Um, yes, ma'am, I do. Hello, Major Tom. Um, Hi, my Shannon. name is Shannon. Hi. Nice um, I please explain to me why and how flat Earth, how did this conspiracy theory get so large <laughs> from everything we've been taught all our lives? the pictures and the amount of hoax it would have to be. Please explain to people that are listening why the earth is spherical and not flat. <laughs> That's because they were smoking the same stuff I was smoking. <laughs> so just to get out of the way, obviously the fact that the earth has, cur has curvature and is indeed a spheroid is there are real men, old news. Major Tom, there are many people that would disagree with you. There's a I whole... know, but so the, the the original evidence for it, right, it, it, it was, it's it's not a new idea by any means. The, the ancient Greeks and a lot of the ancient uh, uh, civilizations that sailed uh, knew that there was some sort of curvature because as you watch a boat go over the horizon with the naked eye or with magnification, you see that the bottom disappears first and then it, slowly the top goes over and you, you know, see it go over the curve. That's the, that's the, the, the super easy answer, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it was proven conclusively and actually estimated within, I think, like two or three percent of the Earth's actual radius by Eratosthenes, which was one of the ancient Greek mathematicians. He measured uh, the angle of the sun in the sky at noon at different longitudes, I think in Egypt and in Greece at the same time. And based on that math and some trigonometry, he actually predicted the size of the Earth to be basically what it is now. He was a little off, but you know, with all things considered, did pretty well. Um, okay. With that said, I, <laughs> I'm not qualified enough to tell you exactly what in society would make you think that the Earth is flat, right? Maybe you've yeah. just never seen stuff like that. Um, maybe, you know, you just have an inherent distrust of authority, which is fair. Sometimes authorities do lie about stuff, and that's yeah. totally fair. Um, well, well, I'm not a flat opinion, <laughs> so, yeah. my, my personal opinion about it is that it, it's just... People not wanting to, to, to take, uh, you know, kind of basic scientific fact at its word, which is fair. You know, you should always be skeptical whenever scientific claim is made. Extraordinary claims need extraordinary evidence. But in terms of finding evidence for the Earth being curved, it's really not, you don't have to look too far. <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, we would have been able to go to the edge uh, all along. Oh, and also, yeah. how would you explain centrifugal force? Uh, you wouldn't and... be able to explain the Coriolis effect. You wouldn't be able exactly. to explain a whole host of things. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, Thank you, sir. Good. You're welcome. I wonder if there's monkeys on Mars. <laughs> and they have that monkey love. Oh, don't talk about monkeys, please. <laughs> You've heard of here, here we go with the monkeys. I'm going to ask Major a question. Sure. Are there rainbows on Mars? Uh, probably not. Oh. Rainbows are caused by water molecules being suspended in the atmosphere and light hitting them, and then basically acting as a prism to split all, off all the exactly. different colors. Prism so you need a thicker atmosphere. Mars has one. It's very thin. And you need water to be in the atmosphere, which if it was there, would make it a lot easier to live on. <laughs> I always thought, uh, Major Tom, that it was interesting that you could see the moon during the daytime. Sure. Yeah. As I said, the, the moon is incredibly bright more brighter than our sky even with our sun sure you know beaten yeah. down on us. i always thought that was very yeah interesting. yeah mm -hmm. yep so i think you've established in your last comment that there is in fact at this point we're, we're not finding any water on mars right hence so, no windows they have found limited amounts of water on mars so there appears to be some at the poles and some in more of the mountainous regions kind of deep within the earth what they specifically what they they've observed is uh, the, the best Earth equivalent is permafrost, where, you know, it thaws during the spring and it's wet and then freezes yep. and the winter where it's cold. They've seen that. 
but in very, very low quantities and not so, in a practical amount. <laughs> so at one time or another, did Mars look like the Earth? That is a theory um, that's been debated. A lot of the features on Mars do kind of resemble like um, river basins that have dried out or places that used to be oceans that have dried out. You know, yeah. a lot of the sands have that kind of pattern with them. Whether that's a development of just, you know, Martian winds slowly moving everything through fluid motion or yep. fast water presence is a whole debate. Mm. Mm -hmm. So monkeys could have been there, but they probably aren't there anymore. Uh-oh, monkeys again. <laughs> Here we go. Okay. Hello to ABC7. Welcome to Live Studio. Tell me this. Um, so planet Nebiru is, is real, correct? I do not know what you're talking about. Planet Nebiru, supposedly it's a very large planet outside of our uh, solar system. One of the, the planet Tenken, it's, um, baby, I, I don't, there, there's a whole subset of, of astronomers, um, they're, they're called Planet X Hunters for, you know, X okay, yeah, yeah. Um, God, God bless them, they basically just go over uh, sky surveys of other places and basically just look for, you know, teeny tiny shadows and stuff like that. Um, it's a real numbers game. If there, if it is out there, those guys are working hard to find it. <laughs> I have a very basic question. It's a sure. question. That's okay. Uh, can you do you know? Can you explain to a, a layman the difference between an asteroid and a comet and a meteor? Sure. I'm only asking the question because in the news the other day, um, it sounded it sounded like, and I may have this wrong, that the Earth was passing through a meteor shower, which is sure. we were all running outside to see what I don't know. We didn't see anything, but that's not the point. But yeah, I, I don't I believe it was the Hercules. Okay. Yeah. So the so the first part of the question: meteors, asteroids, and comets are all basically the same thing. They're just oh. uh, chunks of dust and ice in space. Uh, the main difference in what we call them is how they act. Uh, a meteor is in Earth's atmosphere and hitting the ground. <laughs> it goes slow again. So the meteor is in our atmosphere. And impacting on the surface, yes. And it, and it, the only place it can go is down. I mean, is, is to, at some point, impact with the Earth. Is that yes, true? Yeah, at that point, it is trapped in Earth's gravity. It is coming down. Okay. Um, an asteroid is just out in space doing its own thing. And a comet is locked in orbit around the sun and has an active stream of dust and... Uh, particles coming off the back of it in what we usually refer to as a comet's tail. Oh, wait. Yes. So the comet um, uh, rotates around the sun. Yeah, it orbits around the sun. Um, and is it, why does it, it, it does it um, intersect the paths of any of the planets in our solar system? Sure. It, it usually well intersects in the sense that it comes close. Certainly, uh, right. If it right. Did directly mm -hmm. intersected, it would collide and become a meteor. Now, uh, all of the Halley's comet, all that th those are just comets that come close to Earth when they come around. And they live and they never burn out. They just go round and round and round. They'll burn out eventually. But again, we're talking astronomy here. It's on a very mm -hmm. large scale. All right. And then an asteroid, what is that? Now, an what's... asteroid is just a, a rock in space that isn't colliding with the Earth and isn't giving off a tail like a comet and moving. It's just chilling out, doing its own thing. And where did they come from? It's just leftover garbage from another solar system? Or where, what is it? Leftover garbage from our own. They're just little bits oh. of dust and ice that when the solar system formed kind of got left out to do their own thing. Yeah. Now, now, speaking of asteroids, oh. what is a Trojan asteroid? Is that an asteroid that doesn't not want to knock up a star? <laughs> uh. What is it? My terminology is a little rusty. If I remember correctly, Trojan asteroids are ones that cause stuff like the Herculids. They're they're kind of like comets. See, so um, they they are. They're offering a sperm. They're they're you know. They are knocking up stars. They they have little chunks of them. They, they have chunks of them falling off uh, in behind them that are big enough to streak across the Earth's sky. Oh, the oh, so they're leaving a mess. They're leaving chunks. Exactly. Yeah, that's nice. Very nice. Now, on the Earth. <laughs> That's right. Now, if we landed on Mars, is that the same as landing on the moon, let's say? What do you mean? Like with craters? What's the difference? Well, so the first dif the first difference is uh, distance, right? Mars is much further yep. away. Uh, like I said earlier, you're going to be spending, you know, six to nine months just to get there. Um, yes. That's That uh, on its own doesn't sound like much of a challenge, but it's a whole different ballgame, right? Can I, mm -hmm. wait, can I interrupt you? Is it, sure. this is another stupid question. Is it a straight shot to Mars or does it go like in a elliptical fashion? It would go in elliptical fashion. So you would, ideally you would wait for a point at which uh, 
you could kind of all, all, all paths through the solar system go around the sun, right? You never want to fight the sun's gravity. You want to try to use it to your advantage as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to leave Earth and account for the fact that the Earth is moving and that Mars is moving. And right. moving at different rates and at different distances. Then, then that's the hard math. I get that. That's yeah. That that's just that's before you even leave. You got to figure out how that works. Yes. Uh, once you get there, you're going to find a very very cold planet. Mars is further away from the sun than the Earth. It has no atmosphere to trap heat. Um, it has a very very thin atmosphere. You know, lots of movies will always depict uh, Mars storms, where it's like this big kind of like dust tornado that happens, but the winds are incredibly weak because the atmosphere is so thin. Oh. Um, so it's still a problem, you know, you still got to be prepared for all the dust, but it's going to be bowling Mark Watney over on the surface of Mars and and tailing him with a a satellite dish. It's going to be just making it so we can't see a damn thing. (laughs) Another question I have, can, can a star turn into a planet? A burning star? I didn't say burning. Okay. (laughs) Don't talk about burning monkeys either. Well, the monkey's going to pee on it and it's going to... No, don't mention it. monkeys because yeah, I, I love monkeys. Can a star turn into a planet? I'm going to say kind of. Um, See? So a fantastic example of this is Jupiter. It's a white dwarf. Um, oh, yeah, exactly. And so so during star formation, if it doesn't quite make it to the right size, you can either get what's called a white dwarf, white dwarf, which is just hot enough to still kind of be glowing like a star and chilling out and being kind of just this giant furnace. Yeah. Or you can not even get that far and be what's referred to as a brown star, which is kind of what Jupiter is, where you're never actually ignited, you're not actually burning, you're just this giant hot ball of gas. Yep. That's really just a planet. And Uh, so so what happens to that brown star Jupiter? It gets caught up into the... It gets caught in the orbit of whatever actual stars are around, basically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Another thing I always wondered, can gravity form waves like waves in an ocean yes it can see i never thought that and and obviously they can affect space travel right yes um we've finally thanks to the the event horizon telescope we've actually finally observed uh gravitational waves directly which is really cool and i could talk about all night uh but they're on the order of just to give you an idea of scale, two colliding black holes made a wave mm-hmm. that has the, the wavelength of about the size of an atom. Um, oh. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're incredibly minute. So you could, in theory, if you had enough energy, create a warp drive where you made that an, that effect much more pronounced and mm-hmm. expanded space behind you and collapsed in front of you and basically warped around like in Star Trek. Uh, the oh. amount of energy you need to do that cool. is wild. <laughs> Major, so let's, I'll ask neophyte questions just for the benefit of some people sure. in our audience. So how in the world, how is it that we even have waves on the ocean on our Earth? How are they made? Where does well, that so come? those are made via tidal forces via the moon. That's a little bit different. Um, it helps that water, the oceans are fluid. So you're not literally contracting space-time. You're just moving fluids naturally. Yes. Uh, the other thing at play there is the fact that you're drawing on the, the gravity of both the Earth and the Moon as they move around each other, right? You're not contracting the atoms themselves. You're just reshuffling where they are. Uh, okay. You know, gravity is obviously a very powerful force. It makes every solar system and every galaxy and everything else move. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's just specifically when we're talking about warping space-time that we really start getting into huge numbers. Wow. Oh, I didn't realize how minuscule that was. That's very okay. interesting. It, it's I have a question. A, no, go ahead. Okay. I'm, I'm sure you probably know you were going to be asked the question I'm about to ask you. Sure. Um, in your time with NASA, do you have any proof that extraterrestrials <laughs> exist? Whoa. Uh, Whoa. Every time I've asked that, I can write a book. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I'm sure. I personally do not. Uh, that is outside of my field. Um, I do know some people who work out in Colorado and New Mexico. Uh, I would ask them, but I'm sure they're not allowed to tell me. <laughs> Are you talking about like the Dul- Dulce base in New Mexico? Uh, I know people who specifically work out toward um, uh, the Aurora uh, 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 satellite companies, North Grumman, stuff like that. Well, I wanted to say I'd love I... to get your email. <laughs> can I get? Can I? Can I give you mine and then you email me? 
Sure, give it to Felix and then he can give it to me after the show. Excellent. Okay, say great, great. He has mine, so I'll cool. just email him. Yeah. I want to shout out to Shirley and to that guy who have joined us in live studio. You know, um, Major Tom, the whole reason this uh, this episode of uh, The Swap Doesn't Lie was um, suggested and is being done is because we saw in the news about two weeks ago uh, the pictures that came from that um, telescope that completely opened up. I don't remember the name of it. The you know, Horizon Telescope. Yes. And, and it sent back a picture of a triangle with soft points and a black hole in the middle. And everyone got like so excited that that was yes. the first picture of a black hole. That wasn't a monkey hole, was it? All right, go oh, ahead. Are we going to talk about what the monkey did with the black no, hole? No, don't talk about my monkeys. I love them. Why does the hole have to be black in that case? Well, Another know, story. Then. So. You really want to know? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure I do. But um, yes. that, that's what started this whole uh, conversation. Yes. And it was a pretty extraordinary picture because it was like a thickly outlined triangle with soft points and a, and a circular yep. shape that was black. And oh, here and we I, go again. <laughs> I can't get around it. So, um, what are you asking? I'm asking, was that in fact evidence of a black hole or is that just some other anomaly Ooh, that no one it. knows anything about I know. Uh, it is direct evidence of a black hole that one specifically the uh, eht has done two pictures one was of the supermassive black hole at the center of messier 87 which is a galaxy <laughs> i forget a couple thousand light years away yes. the one that came out two weeks ago that we were excited about was the supermassive uh, black hole at the center of our galaxy which is Sagittarius oh, a no kidding mm-hmm. so it's far enough away and it's looking back at us is that uh, no, so what they did, the EHT is a couple of different uh, 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 observatories on Earth that all work together, and they kind of create composite images using the Earth as a, a giant lens, is the best way mm-hmm. I can put it to you. Sure. And um, they uh, demonstrated this technology, worked with Messier 87. They proved that it did. They got their first picture, which was pretty cool. And then they said, okay, well, which black hole do we know the most about? Mm-hmm. Ours, the one at the, middle, the center of the Milky Way. And so they got a picture of Sagittarius A. It's, mm. it's a really extraordinary picture, and it it's just um, you know excites anyone who has yeah. an interest in another question. Black holes I, I of any kind. don't talk about black holes, please. That's very dirty. Now another question, Major Tom's not going to call back anymore. Now another question is: I advertise the show on my Facebook page, sure. and a little girl sent me a text message. Uh, oh. You know what? Oh, come on. Come on. I'm not going. Uh, yeah. okay. She was like six years old. Did you send it to Biden too? No, Joe, not Joe Biden, please. <laughs> okay. You know what he's going to do. Yeah. But anyhow, she to... asked how large, <laughs> this, I'm serious. Seriously. She's cute. This better be clean. It's, it's perfectly clean. I wouldn't mess, I don't mess with kids. I don't joke with kids. Thank you. How large oh. of a bucket of water will it take to put out the sun? What? That's what you wanted me to ask. Isn't that cute, though? It is cute. And how large of a bucket of water would it take to put out the sun? All right, let's let's wait before. Major Meaning, Tom, if you threw it on the sun. Before Major Tom answers, let's all go around the table and think what think, think what we what? think about that question. I don't think water's going to put it out. It has to burn itself. Well, it would have to be a exactly. pretty Exactly. It had to be some other chemical. It wouldn't be. Water would just evaporate. I think it burns itself out. That's the only well, way. Well, you know does. what little kids think like. The well, sun, what, the what fire. Do you, what do you think? A large bucket of water? Yeah. Yeah. Would it do it, Felix? I, <laughs> no, because it has that internal combustion going on. Uh-huh. It might it might fizzle a little bit. I think I think you know, the bucket of I think the bucket of water would probably have to be the size of the entire water? What was that? Wait, secret's talking. I think monkey piss can t- put it out. Oh, I really believe that because monkey urine is very strong. I'll I know. Seeker's been the closest so far. <laughs> and we miss Seeker's inside. I, I, said, I, I said that uh with the way that the sun, you know, uh, the way the sun is made up, um, the bucket of water would probably have to be the size of the entire solar system. Yeah. Yeah. That would be a big tidal wave. <laughs> so it, the, the, the main crux of the thing there is that the sun isn't fire per se, right? It's um, nuclear fusion going on. 
And the, yeah. the only driver for it is the fact that you have so much matter condensed to a single point just crushing itself. So it's kind of funny, actually. If you th start throwing more water on, assuming you can get close enough to the sun to actually, you know, uh, form up, which it could. Um, you, you, you've got extreme heat, but all that's going to do is just turn the water into plasma, effectively. Yep. Uh, so but the, the funny thing... implodes on itself. Basically, yeah. Basically. The, the, the best case scenario, if you can call it a best case scenario, is you start just feeding the sun more and more, and more yeah. matter. And you might eventually jump to a point where the entire thing becomes unstable and explodes. <laughs> like wait, a supernova. Let me wait, let me ask a question. So there is matter in the sun? It isn't oh, just yeah. No. The the sun is about, I think, ninety-eight percent of the mass of the solar system, give or take. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. Yeah. I didn't I didn't realize that, that I thought it was just a big gas thing that organized itself somehow. So can it can it ever go out? Yes. So it does have a lifespan. It can go out. Oh yes, yeah. It, it has a lifespan. Um, the our sun isn't quite big enough to go supernova. So what's likely going to happen is it's going to burn through its supply of hydrogen. Uh, it's going to swell up like a balloon because it's going to become less stable as all the hydrogen goes out. Uh -huh. It's going to become what's referred to as a red giant. Uh, it's going to eat, I think, Mercury and Venus. Maybe not Venus. Um, and then it's going to shrink down and basically kind of uh, fizzle out, you know, go through a really oh. tumultuous death. And then probably leave behind some sort of dwarf star. So how how, how long is it? When's uh, that going to happen? That's what the little girl is asking you. She wants to know if she's going to make it. Uh, I don't know. When is it? Fine. It'll be in a couple billion years. Oh, gee. And unless no she's a very long. Unless she's got some secrets to life that she likes to share. Are you immortal? Now I got another question. There's no way to stop it. It just happens naturally. That's just the life of a star. Now, unless you want to feed it more matter. Well, that, I, uh, it's good to know. A yes. couple of billion years. Hi, Raccoon. Welcome to Live Studio. Another question. If I was on the space station mm -hmm. and I took... <laughs> I can't look at Ann and talk. I, can't, I just can't stop just, just cover your eyes. Everybody just... thinks that this WAP is going to say something dirty. It's because no. you always do. <laughs> oh, I never do. Come on. I was going to be a priest in my former life. Uh, a dirty one. <laughs> Kool-Aid priest, that's what I was going to do. But Jim Jones, you know, jumped uh, over my... He took your stick. Yeah, he took my Kool-Aid stick. But anyhow, if I was if I was on the space station and I took out a guitar, sure. like a, 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 not electric guitar, uh, what you look like? Acoustic. Acoustic guitar, and sure. started playing it, will it sound the same as if I was playing it on Earth. It will. Uh, there's actually a video on YouTube of, uh, what was the astronaut's name? Um, it's a Canadian guy. Chris Hadfield, I think. Uh, uh -huh. He actually recorded a, uh, a, a, a cover of uh, Major Tom by David Bowie, which is Hadfield's <laughs> Wow. And it sounded just like on Earth. Yeah. Uh, so the, the main thing for sound waves is you need uh, a medium for the sound to travel through. And the International Space Station, they pumped it full of, you know, nitrogen and oxygen, just like on Earth. So okay. sound there sounds basically the same. So if it wasn't, let's say that wasn't piped into the space station and I was wearing a suit and I played the guitar, it wouldn't sound normal. Outside the station, you see? Like out? Yeah. Oh. yeah. Or if I was on the moon and I was playing the guitar. No. So the, the, the one way you might hear things in a suit, um, if you ever watch a video of a spacewalk on the International Space Station, yeah. You hear lots of little thuds and little clanks. Yeah. And the reason for that is that usually uh, the, the one thing you will be hearing is vibrations of things going through the suit as you touch stuff, as you manipulate stuff. So you might actually hear the guitar uh, kind of reverberating through your own spacesuit. Uh -huh. You know, if you point at somebody across the way who's, you know, not in contact with you in any way and start playing the guitar, they're just going to see you basically mind wow. the guitar. They're not going to hear what I think. Oh, that's that's interesting. Now the astronauts in the space station—they—they're basically shitting their pants, right? <laughs> they have a dedicated space toilet, and they're drinking their pee. They do shit themselves oh. and drink their own piss. I don't think they eat their pee. Oh my god! Well, they do shit themselves. I know. <laughs> it, it'll in float away. Suit, <laughs> right yeah. in the spacesuit, right? Well, when they're in the spacesuit, when they're just on the station, I, I hate to say it, but they've got a little vacuum that they effectively. Oh my with. god! It's not a sucks in, right in interviews. It's not a pleasant experience. I bet it ain't. 
have hemorrhoids. Well, maybe reason. that's good because I could suck them right out. Oh, please. Okay, I have a question. What's up? Um, on on the large uh, hadron super collider. Mm -hmm. So that is true. They recreated the Big Bang, correct? That's sort of. Yeah, they recreated uh, some of the conditions for the Big Bang. Okay, so that's that's taking atoms and at high speed and making them collide and causing yes. that effect. Well, specifically, the thing they reached was after they made the atoms collide. You know, the the, the collider—that's the, the whole name of the game. Uh, they managed to get to an excited enough, excited enough state where baryonic matter started to break down, and you just have pure subatomic particles, right? Uh, bosons and uh, fermions and all that. Mm -hmm. uh, they, I think, a couple of years ago, finally got that tuned up to an energy level where you can yep. start recreating, uh, just for fractions of a second, but still recreating. Yeah, uh, conditions very, very young in the very, very early universe. Wow. Eric wrote, "Do they throw the old? Do they throw the toilet contents overboard when astronauts are done with their business?" Uh, well, I would think. I would think they save it and burn it for fuel. It just goes out, don't it? No, nope. sort know. of. So back in the Apollo program, they would actually just spray it out into space, oh, which was that. gross and made all kinds of problems. Spaceship. Right in yeah. God's face, too. That's dirty. How could These they do days, that? I believe they bring it down. No <laughs> wonder he's pissed off at us. We're going in God's heaven and we're shitting on him. <laughs> I'd be pissed off, too. <sighs> Well, these Going days where no man it, has ever gone before. What <laughs> <Yeah>. shit <laughs> in God's face? Just don't step Here, in. God, I got something for you. <laughs> oh, gee, thank you, son. That's good. Okay. How close are we to really being able to terraform Mars and it being inhabitable for, um, for us? Uh, I I wish we were closer. We're much closer to being able to build a habitat there. Uh, it's the best answer I can give. Okay. Lots of people, so you know, you always hear about Elon Musk saying, oh, we should move to the poles. Yeah. It's yeah. not, it's not really going to work. It, it's, it's a suicide mission, pretty much. It, it's not necessarily a suicide mission, but you need to send a lot there to begin with. You know, you need to basically have everything you need for an outpost already there and then be able to set mm -hmm. it up very quickly and have it be reliable enough for astronauts to stay there months at a time. Yep. Wasn't the plan that they were going to send it up in like big component parts? Yes, yeah. Uh, a lot of the proposals so far have been to basically do a couple of cargo missions beforehand, right. have it all land at the site that you're going to land at, and that way when the, the, the astronauts get off, everything's just there waiting for them. It's just plug and yep. play kind of thing. I saw yep. uh, uh, yeah. a thing about that. Yeah. Does NASA have any plans for putting a station on the moon? They don't have one for putting it on the moon. They do have one for putting it in orbit of the moon. Oh. And what what is per, what's the purpose oh, of wait, that? Don't answer. Let's all mining guess. military. No, Shannon says mining. That's another good one. What do you think? Me? Why would they do that? What's the purpose? The hell, if I know, I don't even know why why they would need to do that. Well, we're asking, what would you do? I, if I was NASA, I'd put a station, an actual station, do on the moon. Do not talk about monkeys. You have to bring up my monkey friend. You know how I feel about monkeys. I knew it. Okay. But why they if they allow to marry a monkey, I'm marrying one. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I just have a thing for monkeys. Seeker, what do you think? Why would they put uh, some kind of, um, I don't know, working station orbiting the moon? What For what purpose? Uh, well, probably both of those reasons. And also, um, it would probably be a mixture of military, um, possibly mining. I don't know what we would mine on the moon, but... Mm -hmm. um, possibly mining yes. um, and also more than likely the major thing would be a jump off point to other planets ah like a, a launching pad that's, that's yep. a good idea i like Shan what that guy wrote Shan rail guns rail guns would be in the future in space they shoot out this big piece of metal and it's, it's, it'll be more explosive than a hydrogen bomb oh, when it hits the earth shoot yes okay. Shoot those pricks over there that are invading Ukraine. Shannon, what do you, what do you think the purpose might be? What would be a, a motivating reason to build one? To to build what? A habitat there? Yeah, a, a station that would uh, um, orbit be orbiting the moon. Um, observation um, mm -hmm. would be a good one. Um, Put a prison there. Space, Ooh. actually. Um but a prison. And like I said, there there are things on the moon, minerals and such that uh 
tourism, that, Eric I've Rowe. Heard that they found that could be very, very. Uh, is it called yeah. lunar soil? I I don't know what they would use it for. Yep. For some kind of. Like do they have like lithium or some you know valuable computer metals that are that are needed? Something like that. I don't know. Possibly. Not the yeah. You'd have to ask Major Tom on that one. <laughs> So, but I'll, for clean energy, cleaner energy, I suppose. Um, I think if they do, coal. I, th I think if they do inhabit the moon, they should not put up the American flag. <sighs> what late. they should do is put a flag up with a big picture nope. of that monkey that went in outer space. <laughs> the monkey they sent in outer well, space. I, I think they should make a flag for the entire Earth that that encompasses all countries and all no. continents. Very nice. Didn't dogs go up too? So you get have dog flags and monkey they flags. Did dogs too. Yeah. Uh, the uh, monkey went up first. Shannon's idea is the best to have a picture of the earth. That would be nice. For what? Um, universe. Are people going to argue over that? Hey, there's, a, there's been one thing I've been wondering about. Um, sure. What is it? It has to do with Apophis. Uh, what is that? It's the asteroid that they named Apophis. Oh. Um, now, Mama's in Apophis, is it? There's, there's been, there's been a lot of different opinions and information about it. Um, NASA came out and said that it's going to pass us in 2029, and then another year, and then another year that I remember was like 2063 something like that, but uh, that we would be okay. It'd just be really close. Mm -hmm. But other Ooh. scientists around the world, especially with the 2029 year, um, other scientists around the world said that NASA needs to redo their calculations, that sure. uh, they've got it wrong. Um, now, my thoughts are either NASA is correct in that it's just going to pass us by, or they know what's going on, but they don't want to, you know, let it out to the public because it would cause mass chaos. Sure. Well, so it's a planet killer. The, yeah, the, the best way I can answer that is the, usually the way that these things are predicted. Uh, in astronomy, that's the, the, an asteroid hitting the Earth is what you refer to as a conjunction, right? It's just a very technical term for two things crossing paths. Um, there is no settled conjunction model. There, you know, the, there's basic math for it that everybody agrees on, but the specific statistics that you use and the specific tweaks that you give the algorithm to try to control for gravitational factors, uh, basic bits of you know random chance, all that differ from agency to agency, person to person. Um, so, for example, a lot of satellite companies have different conjunction uh, algorithms, and whenever two satellites pass each other in orbit. One company might freak out and say, oh, the probability of these two colliding is very high. Another company might say, no, we're fine. You know, we ran this through our algorithm, we're fine. Um, they'll call each other, they'll argue, and then usually they'll call in third and fourth parties to verify. And a consensus will be reached about whether or not something they should actually worry about or not. Well, is there, let's say we have to worry. How do we avoid the um, collision? Or there is no way to? Um, I don't believe there's a currently settled technology. Your best bet would be to send up a mission that basically just attaches a little thruster to the asteroid and just start burning. Oh, I see. Um, that doesn't sound like a lot, but even just tiny pushes can vastly change the stuff like well, that. What about hit, hitting it with a nuke? <laughs> a nuke would, if we got nothing else, I suppose. Uh, nukes really weren't built to go outside of Earth's gravity, so that's your first problem. And even if they are, an explosion isn't necessarily the best way to do that. You you really want a you know sustained small force. So a little yeah. nudge, a little nudge will t just take exactly. It you, you, you don't want to punch it. You want to you know just kind of put a finger on it and lightly push is your right. best bet. Because the scale's so big, I get that. Exactly. It's built like that because uh, would the isotopes become unstable out of this atmosphere? Oh, no, I just mean the actual ICBMs that they're on uh, really weren't built for, you know, they were built to go around the planet and hit, you know, Moscow or wherever. Uh, they, they're not really on vehicles where they would get out of orbit and be able to get on the intercept course with the asteroid. Yeah. You put them on a different kind of rocket. Okay, I have one more question. Sure. Star, Star Wars. 
that does exist <laughs> but no not the movie the, the ronald reagan space program oh yes yes that's what i'm talking about laser I, from satellites i i don't it's think so I, I will say that Star Wars was not the craziest idea they had in the 70s. Right. Um, if you ever heard of the uh, the Rods of God, that's always my right. favorite. Mm -hmm. uh, they were like five-tongue uh, pieces of steel, just, you know, giant girders, effectively, that they were going to put in orbit. And whenever you wanted to hit a target, you would just release it and have it kind of burst toward the Earth a little bit. And you would let gravity pull it down and impact with an impact of, like, I think 60 megatons of TNT. Just from pure wow. gravitational force. Yeah. The, the 70s were a wild time for NASA because the Apollo program had wrapped up. The U.S. government was like, hey, we want to do all of these insane things. And NASA was like, we don't do that here. Please just give us money for a show. <laughs> right. Okay. Raccoon, you have a question for the major? Yeah. Go ahead. One, one of them is, uh, why can't we get through the Van Allen belt? What do you mean? It's already been said we can't go through it, and then they say, "Oh, we, we we can't go back out there right now because of this and that. Everything been stuck in low orbit. It's all a bunch of crap because it was proven years ago that the radiation levels killed whatever got through the Van Allen belt. Sure. Remember the monkey experiments they sent oh, up? Oh my God, monkeys! None of them lived, and most all of them were. Basically wow. fried from the inside out. Now I'm depressed. Because of the radiation? Is that what you're saying? Radiation killed a monkey? It's kind of like the yeah, same question. They say I had that the Van Allen belt is what protects the world, our planet, from radiation that would kill our species and everything on it. Yes. Mm -hmm. So your question is why can't we get past the Van Allen belt? Is that right? Huh? So your question is, why can't we get past the Van Allen belt? Yes. Okay. Yes. So, um, yeah. Oops, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Okay. So the, the Van Allen belt, we have been past it. We've sent multiple probes. Um, all the things that are on Mars have gone past it. Uh, the astronauts that got during uh, the Apollo program to, to the, the, the moon got past it. Um, again, it's not quite as severe as go past this and you're instantly dead. It's more of a problem of long-term exposure. So uh, they do, they put a, do they put up special shields to protect themselves, or they just go, go through it so fast that the effects don't take the effect? The Apollo program didn't. Uh, the Apollo program was really a tin can. It, it wasn't protecting anybody from anything. Yeah, they spent about a, a week, week and a half outside of the Van Allen belt, so it really wasn't enough to seriously endanger them. Yeah. Uh, it becomes much more of a problem when you start talking about actually sending humans to uh, Mars. Um, spacecraft, you can obviously, you know, give some degree of protection. You can wrap them in lead yep. stuff like that. Well, the problem, at, the problem at, that NASA has been giving us has been a gaslight. They say, oh, we've been here, we've been there, we got things going up all the time. But nobody in recent history, like in the since the moon landing, mm -hmm. have been outside low Earth orbit. And honestly, it's frustrating because it's less of a we can't go there and more of a nobody's funded a manned space program of that scale since. They say we can't go back because they lost the technology. And I don't believe NASA loses anything. Mm -hmm. I mean, they've got they, they've got people to watch out for that crap. I mean, it's been a bunch of crap ever since they said we've lost the technology. <laughs> Maybe we can get back by 2030 or 2050. And now they're trying to scare people into thinking that asteroids are going to hit the, the, the Earth for the last three years and none of them have came even close enough. But sure. people yeah. are sitting here in terror because it's going to be a, a meteor strike or there's going to be a, an asteroid coming through. It's going to be a, a, a global killer. Well, I argue that it's... the bigger problem there is a lot of science-based reporting. NASA, when they actually announced that asteroid, they put out the actual conjunction report. They said, hey, these are the odds. Based on our criteria, this is the risk that we've assessed. Uh, the problem is that a lot of you know news agencies and stuff like that look at that, and so they go to a press conference or whatever, and they say, oh, so this has a chance of hitting the Earth? And NASA says, well, yeah, it's you know 
one in 30,000 or something minuscule. And mm -hmm. writing one in 30,000 chance of asteroid hitting the Earth, it's not an exciting story. You don't need to click on that. So instead, they write, oh, planet killer asteroid spotted by NASA. Are we next? Or something like that. And that gets clicks and that gets engagement. And you see people talk about it on the news. And it's, I don't want to say a non-story because, you know, it's something that should be talked about. But it's not, it's not worthy of all the alarm that it raises. Hmm. Mm. I would say hi to Mench. Charles, welcome to Live Studio. And another question. The, the majority of NASA, people that work for NASA, without putting you on the spot, asking mm -hmm. You could generalize. Sure. They believe either in um, evolution or creation. Evolution. So they don't believe in, uh, the majority of them believe in evolution, uh, not God or a superior mm -hmm. being. Well, so pump the brakes on that because they're not necessarily uh, incongruous ideas, right? I've met many people who work at NASA who are devout Christians, devout Muslims, yeah. Jews, all that. Uh, all of them are, you know, very content in their faith and saying that, you know, God created life in the universe. But the difference is that they don't say, oh, well, God snapped his fingers and, you know, in seven literal days, the earth was formed in the Garden of Eden. Uh -huh. They say, okay, well, God snapped his fingers and life began on earth and has been developing for 3.5 billion years. Mm. Yeah. And I, I honestly, it, it, okay. personal opinion, just speaking purely for myself here, I think that's more of a beautiful thing than just saying, you know, I would take the literal interpretation of the Bible. That's easy. Isn't it yeah. more impressive for God to have created life that complex and that develops that amazingly? I don't know. That's just me. Yeah. Okay. I have another question. Um, uh, I don't. I don't know if this is your area of expertise, but but this new um, task force that they've created um, to find out to uh, investigate all these UFO sightings. What do yeah, you the, know the about that? Any in, inside information? Right. Uh, not really any inside information. Um, a lot of the stuff that's been talked about, first off, has come from the Department of Defense, actually. So okay. that's more their wheelhouse. Um, a lot of it has been given to NASA over the years to you know, get professional opinions from astronomers and stuff. More typically than not, the recommendation is, yeah, whatever this is, it's probably not a spacecraft. It's not you know a spacecraft or a, an aircraft or anything that's you know being necessarily man-made even if they can't necessarily say what it is. Um, okay. That said, the Department of Defense might reach different conclusions. Maybe they know more about, you know, foreign military programs, or maybe they've been visited by aliens and haven't told anybody. I don't know. Uh, okay. But NASA doesn't really have much truck with that. Uh, a lot of that classified stuff is way above our pay grade. I, I so. saw that, you know, it was Memorial Day on Monday, and they, um, you know, they, they dragged out all the military, and they had the head of the Air Force, you know, sure. the all the generals and they i was shocked to see they had a i guess it's an admiral i don't know what it is of the space force sure. and they introduced both of them but then they used the music or the anthem for the air force to cover both of them is the space yeah. force part of the air force or is it no. its own separate thing and who it are they used to be part of the air force uh, these days it's its own separate division of the armed forces i don't think they have an official theme yet so they probably just stuck with the old Air Force. Thing. So, yeah. so if I'm volunteering for service, I can volunteer to be in the space force. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, that would be cool. And how would we apply? That's what I was going to lead to. How would I be able to apply? Uh, I yeah, believe like, you would just go down to your amateur recruiting station and say, "Hey, I want to be in the, in the space yep. force." And they would give really? you whatever their individual requirements are. Style one eight hundred monkey love. Okay. <laughs> and wait, where where would and I go? I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. Just a, a normal recruiting station, you know, a normal U.S. recruiting okay. route. I'm sure there's websites and stuff for it. Now, major, sure. major, yeah. have you ever seen a UFO? Not personally. I've seen shooting stars. Shoot no no Man, UFO. Apply. No UFOs. Oh it'll take senior citizens, I'm okay? Thank you I'm... like a monkey. <laughs> oh. oh, you gotta say monkey. I gotta go. <laughs> I'm gonna watch there's... Planet of the Apes tonight they and cry. They one... would take Shannon because she's very smart, and they would take me because I was a math major. We can sure. go. Yeah. You're not old. Come on. Oh, and my dad's work with all the ancient alien guys. So, I mean, I, I do have a, I have some friends actually who, uh, 
I, I think I would be chosen before just an ordinary person, actually. Absolutely. We're going. Yeah. Let's go, Ann. Me and you. That's it. All right. Yep. We're gone. Big Chief said he had three close encounters, among more things. Big Chief? Big Chief said he had three close encounters. Starting at age 10 in 1985. Oh. Wow. So there you go. You weren't smoking that peyote, were you, Chief? I think it's around us. No, we're just not paying attention. We're not sensitive enough to it to really recognize what's there. Yeah. If they're here, we have no idea. Uh, or most, most, some people I think are set, maybe sensitive or have had an, an experience, you know, they can barely remember, not remember, whatever. I don't know. I think but it's- he, he did admit that there's a base in Dolce, New Mexico, though. Yes. So can, that is Can I ask a question? Awesome. Yes, go ahead, Raccoon. I got a question, okay. Sure. Does NASA actually believe in alien life forms or other alien civilizations throughout the galaxies and the universe because the universe is such a vast vast thing and they have only been able to basically see what's in our own galaxy to sure. a certain distance so I don't know that the agency has any official stance on it. Uh, I don't think they, you know, say the way. Um, you're absolutely right. Where the statistics, I forget what the the equation is called, um, the one that goes through and you know applies. Uh, well, assuming this many habitable planets in a galaxy of this size and all that. Uh, uh, I forget. It's tied to some paradox, but yeah. Given that, statistically speaking, probably there is life out there. Is there anywhere close to us or anywhere we can see? It doesn't look like it's so far, but they're, they're, the entire field of uh, astrobiology is dedicated to just trying to figure out what you even look for, right? Mm-hmm. Um, NASA's knowledge has never, and I don't think has a current stance of that they currently found alien life, but I'm sure if you brought the right evidence to them and they investigated it and confirmed it, yeah, they'd probably confirm it. Well, NASA's mission is to just... Just to dis- is discovery, not necessarily looking for aliens, right? Yes. That's a very big difference. Yeah, I will the- say, I believe there was a commission, I don't know if it was NASA or the United Nations, but I think a couple of years ago, uh, there was, it was more of like an academic activity than an actual practical thing, but a bunch of people got together and tried to figure out what the planetary response should be if we do find alien life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it had different criteria for, okay, well, what happens if you find, you know, a bacteria on Mars versus, okay, what happens if aliens come down, land in front of the U.S. Capitol and say, take them to your leader? You know, they, they went through different scenarios. Gosh, you don't want to take them to that dope. We're not prepared for any of this. Who the I- fuck would want to? They, they get right back in a spaceship and take off. Uh, no shit. <laughs> Major Tom, we can't thank you enough for giving Yes, us we want to thank you, Major. And, it's been wonderful. And if NASA is filled with... People all like you, just like yep. you were in better hands than we thought. Thank you, Major. Great, great. Thank you for having me. Well, we, we would definitely you. welcome Major Tom coming back as well. Sure. Yes. Wow. And make sure I do. I would love your email if if, if you approve it. Sure thing. Like I okay, said, good, give it to good, Felix good. and he'll hand it to me. Good. I'm emailing you, Felix. Yep. And you know my email. This wop awesome. doesn't lie at Gmail. All yeah. one word. Yes. Yeah. So you know, we know. <laughs> Before Eric goes on, I want to thank me and Ann went to, and I hope they're listening, Donna and Rich's house. Hi, and, Mr. T. And we saw their beautiful gardens. Oh, extraordinary. They had an amazing was unbelievable. garden. I want to thank Donna and Rich. I hope you guys are listening. We told them about the podcast, and I've never seen such a talented. Hey, Mr. T. Bunch of people. Sure. And you ever, you ever meet somebody for the first time and you know they're good people? You know what I mean? Yeah. They're fantastic people, beautiful people, down to earth, and they're both so talented. I was blown away. Yeah. I felt like I was in the Garden of Eden. <laughs> the only thing missing was a monkey, was and I would have been all set. No, the monkey would have ruined the garden. It was no. very inspiring, and, and we're grateful that we had the chance to Yeah, see it was fantastic. Go ahead, Eric. Eric, calling Eric. Um, oh, I was muted. I had to put my right. my, my Starfoam coffee cup down. Oh, right. um, well, I know Mr. T came in the room, but but this is T-Bone Mr. T, not I pity the fool Mr. T. Right, right Mr. T? I pity the fool. <laughs> What's new, Eric? What's new? But I, I think he gets that a lot, but I'm coming up on Podbean Live this evening. 
Well, I know you got, um, I believe, the Collective Network going live in about 30 minutes. That's David and Rowan Filters podcast. Um, they used to do a great show, like similar to tonight's theme, that, that they would probably welcome having somebody like Major Tom on. You know, they, they used to do that Mysteries of the Paranormal. Yeah. Um, so definitely be on the lookout for their show. Or Big Chief, he would do it. Um, and I think, um, like Joe Antonio, Absolutely. he's probably doing shows this evening and um, don't don't know if Duchon will be on tonight or this weekend, but be on lookout for him. And then Michael J. Steele's podcast, you'll, you'll definitely be seeing Shannon Byer. Oh, yeah. Um, and then, of course, you've got um, the, the Nick and Tiff show this weekend, al- along with Crazy Train. And, and I imagine Sunday morning, you'll have Jim Hinckley's America. And then also throughout the weekend, you'll have the Big Daddy Al podcast. And, and now on Monday evenings at 10 p.m. Eastern time is the swap doesn't lie instead of Sunday evenings. And then during the week, you still have um, the Ralph William podcast in the mornings, and you, you still have the old man's podcast with yours truly and a couple other friends. Um, mm-hmm. Then you also have the gray area on maybe once or twice a week, be on lookout for him. And um, Milt, Milt, Milt Dog, I know we've missed him for a couple of days, but hopefully he starts feeling better soon. Um, and um, Jeff Moore's Make More Money podcast, the Frankie D show on Wednesdays and Fridays, and then You've also got John Gill's TalkNet Live on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 5 p.m. Probably for for like the time being still, but I think him and Scooter are working on a new podcast show that'll debut on the 18th where they will do commentary with like B-rated movies um, since the Beans of Weenie show is currently having to take hiatus while Spanky is prepping for neck surgery. So so please keep Spanky in your prayers, if you will, and also keep a couple other podcast friends like... um, Marty Clemens, who had a, like a heart cath procedure done recently, so oh, I'm, wow. I'm presuming that I think I think her heart doctors may be exploring doing like some kind of sur- heart open heart surgery on her. I think for like a heart valve replacement, from what I'd understood her to say. Mm-hmm. And of course, and then too much saucy. She's been in the hospital too. I think she she had, you know, I think the doctors are trying to get 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 the infection out of her, but she does express concerns about. She, she doesn't know if, if they're going to have to go in and amputate her leg, but do keep her in your prayers. And yep. Coley, who is, who has also been dealing with some health problems himself, as well as, you know, a couple of family members who, who have been sick recently and that he's been having to take care of. Oh. And um, I mean, that's j- just about it. And, and I, and I know we're really starting to miss slightly serious and John DeVito and Michael Key around Podbean. Um, even yeah. Frankie D says, Podbean's gotten a little too quiet recently, but we certainly hope they haven't forgotten us and that they do come back. And then you've also got Slacker 82 Alpha on Wednesday evening. Let's not forget about them. And and another great comedy podcast show. If if you're gonna if you're having some beans of weenies withdrawals, you've got this Potluck Brothers comedy podcast that's on opposite um, uh-huh. Slacker 82 Alpha. And then Thursdays you've got the music and comedy podcast Low Standards and Pores, and that's followed by Talk Hard with Cubella and Tuttles and and then you also got Linga Longa in there somewhere and so many others. You have to have Eric a fantastic memory. Oh, there's a lot of good new shows on oh that I, some of my dad not recognized. So thank you, Eric, for pointing them out. Yes. Yeah. That's great. It's really great. Uh-huh. Wise one, I want to let you know we're on every Friday from seven to eight PM Eastern That's time. That's right. So join us next week if you can. And if you're new, follow us. This WAP doesn't lie. The no bullshit podcast. And I want to thank everyone, especially Major Tom, our NASA scientist, did a fantastic job. I want to thank Seeker, Shannon, my number one fan, (laughs) Eric, and everybody that joined in. Uh Let's see here. Mr. T, I pity the fool. Coop. That guy, big cheek. (laughs) Wise one. James Oh, Seeker. thanks for the gift there, Big Chief. And Big Eric, Chief. Eric, we're always glad to have Big you. Big Chief Thunderlung. Good, good name. That's good. a good, yeah, that's a good one. Name. Major Tom is, is the perfect moniker for you there at NASA. Good for you. It's, uh, yeah. Keeping it real. Very good. Yep. Okay, guys. Right. We'll, we'll, we will see you next week, Friday, 7 p.m. We'll not see, but we'll be here. Eastern Standard Time. Yes. And I have a special guest. Uh, it's a monkey. Oh. And um, it's actually a, a monkey trainer. Oh. <laughs> Maybe you could have on the lady. 
in Connecticut who got her face ripped off by a monkey. I don't that think be people want to. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I, I remember that story. Horrendous. I don't think she'll be able to come on. See no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. You know why she can't come yeah. on this show? You know why she can't come on this show? She can't face it. Oh, no. All right, people, listen, have a great weekend. Be safe out there, okay? And uh, I just watched the news, and you have to wear 22 masks now. They want you to wear them all over your body and cover your vagina and penis with it, too, so you don't get any germs. Thank you for sharing. Okay, people. Monkey box. I'm going to take you out with a little WAP music. Woo! Shayla Luna met somebody. Somebody, Tati. Keep open your heart. Oh. Good night and have a pleasant tomorrow and make it a blessed weekend, everybody. Yes. Likewise, Eric. Bye. Ciao. See you later, Major Tom. See you around the pod bing, everybody. Everybody say la la la. La la la. la. Yeah, see? That's the way to do it. No capisha. La la la. La la la. Even Big Chief Thunderlung is singing la la la. La 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 la. One more. La la la. La la la. La 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 la. Oh. All right, people, ciao! Ciao, Bella! <laughs> <laughs>